Hey, Chit Chatters. I'm so excited for this episode because I've been talking to a lot of people, some prospective clients, and in some different Facebook groups about job searching. And I know that I've done an episode in the past that I touched upon job searching, but this one's really specific to how to do job searching during a pandemic. So I know a lot of people are still looking for jobs. A lot of people are still trying to figure out their way and finding their way with the current climate of the economy and the job market. And I have some amazing tips and strategies to help you find a job and also get you hired. Let's dive into this episode. Are you a millennial who's struggling to find more purpose? Do you feel confused when you think about what you're created to do here? Do you waste time on job search engines searching for a better fit? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Well, you don't have to feel that way anymore. Welcome to the Life and Business Coaching for Millennials, a safe space where people from all walks of life can come together to learn, grow, and transform. My name's Jose Miguel Longo, and I'm your host. Life and Business Coaching for Millennials is a place where diversity is celebrated and encouraged, where we can have open, honest conversations about uncovering your purpose in business, feeling more joy in your life, and ultimately finding more happiness and success. I look forward to having meaningful conversations and coaching sessions that will help you explore life, career options, be inspired, fueled, and fulfilled with laughter. It's time to chit-chat with Jose Miguel. Let's dive in. Okay, Chit Chatters. So before we dive into this episode, I want to just do a quick check-in and see how everybody's doing. I know that in the East Coast where I'm from, COVID is rampant again. Um, You know, we're talking about shutdowns, potential shutdowns. We already know that in some cases, depending on where you live in New York, there's restrictions on travel and there's also... Um, restrictions on being able to be out and about beyond a certain time. So I want to just let everybody know, be safe, be smart about what you're doing during this time. You know, winter is coming and we know that with winter comes the flu. And obviously we know that this current uh, virus is similar to the flu in the symptoms that it progresses. And just be mindful who you're around and try to limit your Um, gatherings in your spaces. So we'll go with that. Um, And at the same time, I want to hear from you as to what it is that you want to hear about coming up in the podcast. Because I have some amazing episodes that I've been recording. I actually have one more episode left to record on the series for social media in your business, which I'm super excited to to bring that to y'all. And I don't know what I'm calling it yet. I'm just saying it's social media because it's social media for people who want to have a business. So I don't have the exact nomenclature for what that's going to be, but I'm excited for that to come up here very soon. And then I have a couple of other episodes that I've recorded with some amazing guests that I don't want to tell you all the details yet. So let's jump into this one today. So job searching during a pandemic, five tips to maximize your job search and get you hired. I'm excited for this because this is my realm. This is my forte. This is my lane. This is where I live all day long. And if you heard episode 34 with my friend Lindsay Pollock, we talked about her book, but we also talked about the current state of the workforce and the economy and the job market. And 
one of the things we touched upon was people are scared to apply to jobs. So tip number one is start applying. Do it even though you're scared. You're not going to get that job unless you apply. So it's really, really important that you take the fear and you lean into the courage of it and you start to apply. Because if you don't start applying, you're never going to get the job. I know that a lot of people don't realize if their skills are relevant to the job. So I'll talk more about how you can make that work for yourself, but also being able to be aware about what that means. Um, Really, really important that you start applying, you start doing the homework and the research, and you make yourself stand out. Yes, there's tons and tons of people that are without a job that are applying to jobs, but you'll need to worry about yourself, not everybody else. So super important that, you know, you're the one that's in control of your job search and you're the only one who's going to make a difference or an impact. Okay, so it's time to start applying. And the idea is also to, when you're looking for jobs, making sure that you're looking at jobs that have been posted for 30 days or less. So I would say definitely less than 30 days, but, you know, having that 30-day margin is a good rule of thumb. So if you're looking on Indeed, making sure that if the job says 30 days plus, you go to the job website where the job was posted on. So the original company, do a quick Google search, see if they have a careers page or an applicant tracking system um, where you can either apply directly through the company. Super, super important so you don't go through all the hopes of applying to a job to then only realize that it's already expired. That's a big mistake. So making sure that you're looking at what the job is saying, when the job was created, when it was posted. So a lot of people do use Indeed, but that's really important that you make sure to identify where the job is, when the job was posted. And also doing your due diligence to making sure that the job is open on the company's website. Um, The other thing that's always important is that you thoroughly read the job description. So this brings me to number two, doing your homework. So I know job searching is a super daunting task and it's also time consuming. I get it. I remember back in my days, every time I came up where I needed to look for a new job or I was unemployed, I struggled. And, you know, for me, I'm a dork. So to me, that was kind of fun. But yeah, it's not fun to have to apply to every single job. Back in the day, you used to have to track every single job I applied to and when I applied to it and the follow-up for it because an employment requested that information. Um, So it's been years since I've been unemployed. Back in 2008 was the last time I was unemployed. But I remember that and I knew what that was like. And, you know, it is a daunting task. And sometimes, believe it or not, it's harder to find the job when you have one than it is when you don't have one because you're ultimately so invested in the energy of finding one that you would take anything that comes your way. And I also tell people as a reminder, don't rule out temp agencies or organizations that do third-party recruiting. Sometimes those, those temp agencies can find you a permanent position in your field or your industry. But when you're looking for a job and you need to make money, you'll take whatever you can get within reason, right? Obviously, you want to be mindful of what your abilities are and what your skill set is and what you value. You know, it's important to be able to say, okay, I have to put food on the table. I have to do certain expenses, whether it's a car or a mortgage. You still want to get something that's going to put money in your pocket, even if you're still looking while you hold that job down. Okay, so recognizing that 
your job search is daunting, time-consuming, you want to block off some time and be mindful of how many hours a day you're going to spend in this job search process. Now, the only way you're going to find a job is by knowing where to search and how to search. So obviously, using tools like Google, Indeed, LinkedIn. So being familiar with the most common places to search for a job. And yes, you can search for jobs on Google. Google does have its own unique job search tool. So if you're familiar with these job boards, um, in the industry, there's something that we call uh, Boolean search. So this is something that I've taught to people when I'm training them and coaching them one-on-one and how to use a Boolean search to maximize their job search efforts. Doing a Boolean search is going to save you time and it's going to save you some aggravation. So being aware of the industry that you're searching for a job is going to be super important. And what I mean by industry, meaning this is either, let's say, finance or business management or consulting or manufacturing or engineering or technology, information technology, cybersecurity, healthcare, those are industries, okay? So being aware of what industries you want to work in and the industry you have an interest in, okay? So it's important to know that. Then what you also want to be aware of is what is the career level that you're at in your work and your career? So for example, are you an entry-level person? Are you a mid-career? Are you a late career? These are critical to pinpoint because in your keywords for your Boolean search, you want to be able to include this to save you time in the type of job that's going to be returned when you hit enter. So let me see if I can describe this in a more visual sense. So for example, if I am a entry-level person and I'm looking for a job in finance, what you want to do in a Boolean search in the search bar is use the quotation, right? So the the key that's next to the enter key. So those are your quotations. So hit that, type in the word entry level, and then type in the other quotation to close it. Now, the what represents the Boolean, I guess it's, we call it a modifier, is the word and or the word or. These are modifiers because this is what's going to separate the keywords you're looking for. So in this case, we're looking for entry level and now then you open another quotation, you put in the keyword of, let's say it's the industry, so you put in finance and then you close the quotation. So if you look at the show notes, just look at the show notes, I'm going to write it out for you and you'll see what I'm talking about. So now that you have your two keywords, you can now hit search. So you're going to do this in a Google search bar, you're going to do this in Indeed, you're going to do this in LinkedIn. This is going to give you better results, okay? So this is going to save you time. This is probably a tool that many people aren't aware of. I'm sharing this with you because I think it's super important to help people in maximizing their efforts in their job search. So not a secret, but something that people don't really know. So once you've done that and you've kind of entered your modifiers and you've entered your keywords, um, this is going to maximize the job search. It's going to save you time and it's be more specific. So 
then what's going to happen is that you're going to get the list of jobs. So you're going to start to basically breeze through and review every single job that's there in that list. But what you want to be mindful of is that you're reading the description. So you're reading the company name and you're reading where the company is located and you're looking for when the job was posted. Those first three things, right? If the job is more than 30 days old, and I said this in step one already, I'm saying it again. You want to go to the company's website, see if they have a careers page, and try and find that job description there. Forget about finding it on LinkedIn or Google or or, um, Indeed. You want to apply directly from the company website. Sometimes these third-party sites like Google, Indeed, or LinkedIn take you down a rabbit hole. And it's even worse when a job has been posted for so long. So now that you've, let's say, found it on the company website, great. Go back to your search wherever you were searching originally. So whether it was Indeed or Google or LinkedIn and keep looking because you already know that that job is still there. The idea is to have at least five to 10 job descriptions that you can go through and read carefully. Now, what do I mean by that? You're probably saying, why five? So if you're going to spend, you know, two to three hours doing this process, you know, twice a week. So let's say it's six hours twice a week and you do five jobs. That's 10 jobs you've applied to. And why am I saying two to three hours? Well, the next steps that I'm going to be describing to you are where the time consuming process comes in the most. And that's really tailoring your your resume and your cover letter and then adding some time for networking. So, you know, altogether, you can really determine how much time you want to block off to your job search. But these tips and strategies are really intended to help you maximize your job search, help you be more efficient, but also helping you develop your tools for job searching. So now that you've got your five to 10 positions, your jobs that you're looking at, you're going to go through each description and read them very, very carefully. What I want you to do is copy and paste the job description and put that into a Word document. Okay, so you want to be sure you grab all of the text from the site or wherever you actually found it and make sure that every single detail in the job description you can copy over. Now, this is where it becomes, for me, a little bit fun, but also you may kind of have a light bulb that goes off and have an aha moment. So maybe you might find it fun too. So each job description is different regardless of the industry, and each company has a different values and objectives in which they're looking for from an ideal candidate. So what they're expecting from you is going to be different from another company, or what they're expecting from their ideal candidate, I should say, is going to be different from another company. So what you need to do is while you're reading the job description, pay attention to keywords. Pay attention to words that start to repeat themselves. You want to look for all the action words that are really, really highlighted in each either in either each paragraph or bullet in that job description. What you want to do is highlight them. So, you know, in Word, take the highlighter. Now, this process to me is easier if you're able to print the job description and if you're able to grab a highlighter, a pen, or a pencil. But if you can't do that, then, you know, copying into a Word document like I described 
and then going through and highlighting all of those keywords is just fine. So you want to make sure you're reading that job description with a fine tooth comb, okay? Then you want to start looking for themes, okay? These themes are somewhat like competencies. Um, potentially, it could be something specific to, um, you know, must have uh, experience in analyzing um, reports and compiling data, right? That might be a theme that you may see the word analyzing and data repeated continuously throughout the job description. What that means for you is if you're a person who is looking for an entry-level finance job and you have experience doing data analyzing and reporting, then you want to write next to those bullets or next to that paragraph what your experience has been in doing that specific task, okay? Why you're probably asking yourself. So the keyword and analyzing data and building reports or conducting reports is the keywords you want to put into your resume. The example you're going to use to tell the story of your experience in your cover letter. Okay, I'm going to say that again. The key words of data and reporting are is what you're going to put in your resume. The example of how you've done that is what you're going to put in your cover letter. This is very intentional, and I'll tell you more about this in a second. So after you've gone through and you've marked through the job description and you've thoroughly reviewed all the details, the specific responsibilities, the workplace expectations, you're going to want to write down, you know, all of the specific examples of how you know your your competencies and how it relates to you. Okay, so it's going to be super important that you make sure you write those down, like I mentioned. So if it's a bullet that's written in the job description, put a dash next to it and put an example of how you know how to do that. All right. Um, and then if it's a paragraph, the same exact thing. So step three, the resume. Okay, so the resume is probably the most critical tool for your job search toolkit. Okay, um, and the resume that I'm referring to currently, there's two resumes you're going to have. The resume that I always talk about is your career ready resume. This is the one that you know you have with you all the time. Maybe it's in your um, Google Drive on your email or it's in your flash drive where you can easily access it, or maybe you have it stored someplace in the cloud on you know, Dropbox maybe, I don't know. But this is the resume that has all of your experience that you've had throughout your work history. And it's the resume that I call your master resume because ultimately, when we talk about applying to a job, you're going to always, always tailor your resume. There's not one size fits all when it comes to a job. Every single employer has different expectations and different requirements. So you want to make sure that you make yourself stand out the most when you go to apply to the job. So this master version resume is the version of the resume that you're going to build the tailored resume off of. So the idea is that when you go to apply to a job, you open up your master resume, you look at your job description, and then you have a blank Word document. And in your Word document, you're gonna copy 
the most critical experiences, skills, and competencies that you have from your work experience into that new work document and recreate a new resume. This is tailoring the resume to the job. But what you want to make sure in this new resume is that you're including all of those keywords. That's that's what I call juicy SEO in that resume. And the reason you're going to do it is because applicant tracking systems, we call those ATSs. And I say we, when I used to be a recruiter, um, we we use those, those ATS systems have built-in keyword search functions. And when a recruiter posts a job and they create a, a job for, for recruiting, they can add in the specific keywords they want to filter applicants by. Depending on the applicant tracking system, this can happen immediately from the beginning. So what it'll do is that as people start to apply, the applicant tracking system can alert the recruiter you have one new applicant that meets your five keyword competencies or meets the criteria that you're looking for from an applicant. Or in the later, when the position's been closed, sometimes jobs are posted where they're open to fill or they have a closing date. So when the position closes and they have all the applicants, then the recruiter can say, I want to filter by these five these five keywords or these five um, competencies. And then it'll pull up all of the applicants who have that. What you're wanting to do is making sure that you're meeting those qualifications and you're meeting those keywords and competencies. You wanna be on the top of that shortlist. So this is why it's very important to take the hour or 45 minutes or however long it really takes you to tailor your resume, okay? I can't emphasize this enough. And I'm a master at teaching people how to do this. This is what I do every single day, all day long. I've been doing this for years. This is why I'm creating a course on how to do this for people so they can figure it out on themselves. I'm a true believer that if you give people the skills to be successful, they will be successful in life. I'm all about teaching people and showing people how to do that. So that's why it's taken me forever (laughs) to build this resume course. Now, getting back to this. So, you know, this is step three, okay? So the strategy that I outlined in step two, doing your homework and looking at the job description is important. That's why I gave you the details about that, okay? Now, once you've kind of created that resume and it's tailored to the job, then it's time to move on to the cover letter, which is step four. So we've already talked about the importance of the job description and writing those key examples that I mentioned before for the cover letter. So the cover letter, some people don't realize how important a cover letter still is. It's not obsolete quite yet. Although many recruiters may not read the cover letter, the hiring managers do. So if you're applying to a large corporation who has multiple recruiters or talent acquisition managers, and those are the people that do the work for the hiring manager, that hiring manager will likely want to see the cover letter. The recruiter is ultimately trying to identify the most qualified individuals to present to the hiring manager. That is how that talent acquisition process works. It's kind of like a full circle. 
So what's really, really important for you as an applicant is making sure that your cover letter is kick-ass and your resume stands out. So whether that recruiter reads your cover letter or not, it's not, it doesn't matter. You want to make sure it still represents your experience, who you are, and how you qualify for that job. So one of the things that people oftentimes forget to do in a cover letter is the who, the what, the where, and the why. And in my resume course, I will outline this a little bit more. Um, but for the purpose of this podcast, I want people to understand that your introduction paragraph of a cover letter has four paragraphs. The intro. The intro is the who, the what, the where, and the why. The why is the why are you applying to this job and why do you feel that you're the most qualified person for this position. That closing of that first paragraph should lead you into the second paragraph is your qualifications. So using the job description, you've already highlighted which qualifications you have. Using the job description, you're going to make sure you say how you're qualified. I earned a degree in blah, 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 blah. I have so many years of experience and I've done XYZ work for so many years. That's how you're qualified. Then the third paragraph and sometimes the fourth as well, depending on how meaty the job description is, you may want to write more of your experience, which can ultimately lead to a fourth paragraph. But the third paragraph is the experience. So how is your qualifications relevant to the experience the job description is asking you for? So those examples that we mentioned before, you want to tell a story with them, okay? You want to build a story for them to get to know you and for them to want to eat you and interview you. That's where that comes in, okay? So really, really important that you pay attention to making sure your examples from the job description are really, really matching to the job, okay? So then um, step five, okay? Step five is networking. So for networking, I ultimately rely on LinkedIn. Today's world, networking is a fundamental part of the job search process, right? LinkedIn's been around for over 10 years. People who are in the job search process always know that LinkedIn is there for them. Now, the reason LinkedIn has become more important is that we no longer have networking events due to the pandemic. So, you know, this week for me, I'll say for this, for example, has been nothing but a craziness. I just finished doing a statewide uh, virtual job fair, which those take up so much time and energy, you feel drained after doing it. Imagine having one face-to-face in a global pandemic. Just not feasible. There's no way you can do it. So, you know, networking in person used to be a job fair or it used to be a networking event where people came together and you would, you know, talk about each other's experiences, talk about each other's business, yada, yada, yada. You share business cards, you'd be on your way, have a great day. That doesn't happen right now. Everything is kind of shut down. So LinkedIn has always been there. LinkedIn to me, and I've said this for years, is your resume that never sleeps. So if you build a stellar LinkedIn profile and you make sure that your profile includes the details that you may not put all those details in your resume when applying to a job, 
but it's that master version resume that I talked about early on, you can really get seen by recruiters on LinkedIn and let your profile do all the work for you. But, but you have to learn how to connect and engage with people in the network, in the platform. So what does this mean? It means that you need to look for people who do the work that you want to do and send a personalized invitation, meaning actually click on their profile and click the connect button to then say, hey, so-and-so, it looks like we have some great things in common. I would love to be part of your network. I would also like to connect with you to talk more about how you got into your field. Let's set up a time to chat. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. That simple message is going to let that person know that you took the time to look at their profile and that you're invested and you're interested in connecting with them, not just for the purpose of building numbers in your network, but for the purpose of truly wanting to learn from them. That is how you build connections in LinkedIn. The other thing is you want to start looking for companies who you have an interest in looking and working for. It's so important to making sure that if you're an active job seeker, your profile and your LinkedIn headline are on point and are really readable to recruiters. So making sure that your profile and your summary and your um, headline are open and are really standing out with the keywords of recruiters looking for, but you yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, want to go out there and look at, look for recruiters who are hiring. And sometimes these are, you know, if you're working in the IT field, there might be an IT recruiter or a finance recruiter. There's a lot of recruiting companies out there that do recruiting for some huge Fortune 500 companies. And those Fortune 500 companies save themselves a lot of money by hiring these third-party recruiters to do the work for them because sometimes it's contracted jobs or sometimes it is permanent jobs, but they want a, you know, kind of like a headhunter recruiting firm to do that work for them. So by you connecting and building a network and establishing a presence with those people, letting them know that you're open for opportunities will help you. And there's actually a feature on LinkedIn on your profile that you can click on and check the box to say, I'm open for hire, please contact me. So that is one of the most important and critical tools that I always say to making sure that you're present and always looking. Now, there is opportunities for job searching on other social media platforms, and I'm not going to get into them, but I'm saying that the, and LinkedIn is not the end-all be-all. But to me, LinkedIn is my favorite. That is where I live. That is kind of my playground. I've been using it for a really, really long time. And it's how I build connections and establish relationships. And it's really where I have a huge audience. So those are the five tips. A lot to, to digest. Um, what I would suggest is if you're in the process of looking for a job and you want to dive into this deeper and you really need the help, head on over to the website go ahead and send me an email at hello at coachingwithjosemiguel.com. Let's connect with a free 30-minute job search strategy. I offer free 30-minute coaching sessions all the time. I actually just did four of them this week for people who were looking for a job. Two of them actually had jobs and the other two did not. 
And I'm pretty sure that those four people will likely turn into clients. And the reason I do 30 minutes free is because I think it's important for me to connect with you and understand what your needs are and how I can help you, but for you to also connect with me and see if it's a good fit. Sometimes people, you know, don't always like someone's um, coaching style. I have a very holistic approach to coaching. I'm going to tell you what you need to do so that I can better help you and help you be more successful. Um, so hop on over to the website, coachingwithhoseandmiguel.com. And if you want to send me an email, you can send me one right through the website or you can email me hello at coachingwithhoseandmiguel.com. I'm so excited for all of you to listen to this episode. Um, if you like what you heard and you found value in this, go right on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, even if it's Spotify or Google um, Podcasts and even now on Amazon Music and leave me a review. It's really, really important that I hear from you as an audience, that I hear from you in regards to what the podcast is developing and the content that I'm creating. And, um, you know, I can't wait for more episodes. So I hope everyone stays happy, everyone stays safe and stays healthy. I love you all. Can't wait for the next one. Hey, Chit Chatter, before you go, if you love this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. I read every single one of them. It would mean the world to me. And if you love some free coaching, go ahead, like, subscribe, and in the review, leave us a comment Go ahead and screenshot it and then post it on over on Instagram stories and tag me at Jose Miguel Longo. Thank you so much for listening. All my love. And I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.